Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined by Denny Carter on this fine Tuesday. Now that the season's over, we can actually reveal what day the show is recorded. It is Tuesday. Uh, we are in the wake of the divisional round. We are getting ready for the conference championship round, which we will preview extensively on Thursday with myself, Denny, Kyle Dvorak, and special guest Richard Rebar. All right. I'm allowed to say that on the air. You may know him as Lord Reeves. Uh, but there's some news to touch on today. Kind of like like a lot of buzzy, a lot of clicky topics. Like uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers might get traded. Uh, the Ravens are interviewing people. How should they fit in with Lamar Jackson? Is Trevor Lawrence good? I mean, he's good, but we're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence again. Talk about the Patriots hiring Bill O'Brien, their new old offensive coordinator, Denny. Um, and what else are we talking about? That might be oh. There's a special receiver that you want to talk about. Yeah, later. Yeah. First, you, that nature. You, yes, you had something you wanted to say though about. I mean, you talk about so every playoffs. You know, there's storylines that get a lot of mileage that have like a whole lot to do with absolutely nothing, basically. And one of them was uh, the neutral site potential neutral site AFC championship game, which the Bengals are not acting like is like the only reason they even made the AFC championship game. The, the like disrespect from the league setting up this potential venue for Bills, Chiefs. But you also – you have some thoughts, too, that maybe align a little bit with what the Bengals were thinking about the neutral side AFC championship game that never was. I just when – I, when I saw that the game was sold out, the neutral site game was sold out like four or five days before the divisional round, I was just – you know, wondering, you know, I, and I didn't want to upset my Bills people on Twitter or anything. And they're I know scary. that they're, they're, they're having a, they're having a hard time. I, I get that. But it seemed very presumptuous to say, oh, I'm going to buy my tickets for the AFC championship game because I'm all we have to do is beat the Bengals. I, I, I thought it was a very evenly matched game. I think that the spread indicated that the Bills haven't played well in, I don't know, two months. Um, no, we talked a lot about that in our recap pod. How they had been winning, but just they had not played well. Seriously, like it's been months. ugly. Yeah. It's been ugly. Josh Allen has not played well in sixty days at least, uh, and that didn't change. He was bad again. The Bills' offense was bad again uh, against the Bengals. Against a really good Bengals defense, it's a Bengals defense that doesn't. I don't think does it doesn't excel in any one thing, but it does everything really well. Like it stops the run just well enough. 
it really caps the downfield passing game. They tackle well. I just I don't I don't know what what, what compelled Bills fans. Now Chiefs fans, I get it. You're playing the Jaguars. No no offense to my Jaguars people, but you know that game shouldn't have been close. Should have been three four touchdown victory for the Chiefs if Mahomes was uh, was healthy. Uh, but the the Bills thing, I mean, you you got to pump the brakes a little bit there. Have you noticed that like no one beats the Bengals ever anymore, except for like really random teams? Like the Chiefs haven't beaten the Bengals since like 2020. You know, the Bills were kind of trending in the wrong direction in the Week 17 game. That never was, although it was far too early to put a cap on that. Uh, weren't even competitive with the Bengals, but then like you know, like they lost to the Browns. Like, that was without Jamar Chase. Uh, they lost to the Ravens. They and that was still a lot of good teams. I didn't realize how good their losses were <laughs> to the Cowboys that they barely lost in Week Two. Yeah, uh, the Steelers. They, man, do you remember what happened in Week One to the Bengals? I mean, there's no way you do. But no. Uh, well, TJ Watt wreaked havoc. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was the TJ yeah. Watt game that they lost in overtime to the Steelers. Yeah, uh, and 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 really, I mean, the Bengals are. It's a they they treat the the early season kind of like an NBA team. Like eh, yeah, they do. Know, we're gonna we're gonna cruise by the first six weeks and then we'll get serious. Uh, uh, by the way, the Browns beating the Bengals was one of the one of the more mind breaking losses of the uh, of the season include and I include in that the Colts beating the Chiefs which I still can't believe happened but it did. No, the Col- and I sorry if I've already said this in the pie. The Colts had the most iconic three game start to the season of any team in history which was tying the Texans in week 1, <laughs> suffering a shutout loss to the Jaguars in week 2 before we knew the Jaguars were kind of good and then somehow beating the Chiefs. Like you will Incredible. never beat that one 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 and one start just back to the point in hand here i mean i do i blame the nfl a little bit too and we've got to respect superstition and the nfl put fans in the position of having to buy tickets for this game before this game yeah. even happened and like i'm superstitious i'm like i'm not gonna buy these tickets now but then if i don't buy the tickets now everyone else buys the tickets now so the nfl didn't respect superstition denny and it Put the fans in a really bad position, and look what happened. They it bought did. the tickets, and then the game doesn't even happen. You know why the game didn't happen? It's because you bought the tickets. That's right. Um, that's, the, that's the process. It is and the process. You, you got ahead you of yourself. Argue. You do not respect superstition. You got to respect. You can't be a little stitious. You got to be superstitious. You, you do have to be super, super, super unhealthily stitious. <laughs> trying to think of any superstitious stuff I still do. Um, I've tried to shed my superstitions. I don't like. I used to, I used to be like kind of a shirt wearer, or like I would wear like the same shirt for like every Cardinals playoff game. Oh, really? And I'm like, well, I've lost three in a row. I don't really know if the shirt's doing anything anymore, but I would still wear it anyway. Right? Yeah. Have we looked into whether uh, baseball players growing out their beards works? Um, and, well, it does until it doesn't. A very There's common the- trope in baseball is to shave your beard, like if you're in a slump or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Matt Carpenter on the St. Louis Cardinals, he would be doing nothing, and then he would shave his beard and his mustache, and then he would hit four home runs and one three-game series in Wrigley Field. That's kind of how superstition works in baseball. As 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 an old guy who who likes a nicely shaved face, I support that. I think that more players should should look into trimming the beard rather than growing out the nastiest beard possible. Which First off, you don't trim to you only grow until it becomes uh, potentially unlucky. And then you shave the whole thing at once. You don't trim it. You just shave it till you're clean shaven. Right. And then you go on a torrid 18-game hitting streak. Uh, imagine how good Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been if he just shaved. If he would just shave his beard. We could talk about superstition all day. We could talk about the Bengals all day. We'll talk about the Bengals more on Thursday. Denny, after a short and non-exhaustive search 
the Patriots have named Bill O'Brien as their new yet old offensive coordinator. He arrives after a mixed two-year stint in Nick Saban finishing school at the University of Alabama. What effect do we think the triumphant return of the man known as Bob to New England might have on Mac Jones's future? They apparently briefly crossed paths at Alabama. Not briefly, I guess maybe. No, yeah, it was very brief. They briefly crossed paths at Alabama. Right. Mac Jones was preparing for the 2021 draft when O'Brien came to Alabama. They talked about the offensive system there. Um, the uh, Mac Jones is reportedly very happy, very excited uh, about Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien coming in and coaching this offense that was coached, of course, last year by Matt Patricia. Didn't didn't work out exactly of like it's not well, an offensive coach. It, it actually worked out exactly like we thought it would. So I guess I guess that before that hopefully you can keep your train of thought. I was thinking the other day how insane it is. Not only was Matt Patricia a defensive mind. He was also the defensive mind that did not force a Nick Foles-led offense to punt once during a Super Bowl. Um, and then maybe we should look into this a little more. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, the Lions under Matt Patricia had the worst defense in the league. So. <laughs> they had the worst, like, everything in the league. Yeah, I, I, I think that there are some questions to be asked. But, uh, yeah, so so I, yeah, this, isn't, this is an improvement. This is an upgrade. Uh, the um, – you know, beat reporters believe that there will be a, a mixture of kind of the Josh McDaniels offense in New England plus some Alabama uh, uh, flavor to it. Um, apparently, there are o- there is overlap in the in those two systems, and Mac Jones is very familiar and comfortable, obviously with uh, with both because he did pretty well. Like he acquitted himself well as as a rookie. In the previous system, I have some some numbers here if you want to get nerdy with it. He was 20th in completion rate over expected in 2022. That's down from 7th in 2021. Okay, so a huge drop there in accuracy. Um, all of his downfield throwing this season was deeply inefficient. Okay, I'm, and I'm trying not to bore you guys with too many numbers here, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in some here. Everything has to be basically a check down. He completed... 38% of his uh, throws of more than 20 yards, uh, that ranks 17th. Uh, 8% of his downfield throws were interceptions. That's one of the higher rates in the entire league. Yikes. And, you know, so I I, I do think that he's you're going to have to get back to check down, check down, check down. Now, and not everything needs to be at the line of scrimmage like it was this year. Tons. I think he, he was close to the league lead over the whole season in passes uh, at or behind the line of scrimmage, okay? You get away. You can get away from that, uh, but he's never. Mac Jones is very limited as to what he can do, and I think if Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien recognizes that, they can have way more success next year. Yeah, I mean Mac Jones, or excuse me, Bill O'Brien. I feel like his reputation is always a little mixed, but there was it was always mixed in that there was genuine positive. Like the the 2010 Patriots had like one of the best offenses of the 21st century under Bill O'Brien. I believe I'm not making that up. I'm. Pretty sure he was the offensive coordinator for that 14 and two, yeah. 2010 Patriots. He was, and that was their their big bounce back from their 10 and six 2009 post ACL Tom Brady season. So I sort of wonder what we're getting from Bill O'Brien, but also like Nick Saban has kind of become like a true like offensive innovator in college, and in that yeah. it's not him, but like unlike Bill Belichick, like Nick Saban has like gone all in on embracing new ideas and. College is different. Like you have to have like the spread up tempo offense in college or you're just dead 
even if you're Alabama, but like Bill O'Brien, I'm assuming learned some new tricks at Alabama. Yes. Uh, Nick Saban, or is at least forced to just think about things a little differently. Again, Nick Saban's not an offensive mind, et cetera, et cetera, but he sets the tone of course. And he forced his team to get modern in college and offense. And that's one reason they've been able to perpetuate their dynasty, even though they haven't won a title in like two years, which is yikes. But so Bill O'Brien, I think will come in with some new ideas. I also just think, I mean, he. It's, this, I'm not even trying to be funny here. Uh, it helps that he's an offensive mind and has decades of experience coaching offense and will at least know how to organize an offense. And like the Patriots, it's not like they're overflowing with talent uh, in their skill positions, but they do have like plenty of elements. They had downfield elements. I mean, Devontae Parker was hurt a lot of the year. Nelson Aguilar, I mean, Tyquan Thornton, who was given some opportunities to flash. They have some underneath elements, of course, and Jacoby Meyer. I mean, Kendrick Bourne should have been way more involved underneath. I, I think there, there was what some personality happened there. issues there. There were yeah. some personality issues there for sure. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is like uncontainable levels of dog, and <laughs> yeah. that's only good for Bill Belichick. Like if you're the quiet type, like if you're like an outspoken dog, no. that's very bad. He wants to be quiet dog. He wants dogs that are like are out there who are very quiet. And Kendrick Bourne is not like that, but. This offense is not overflowing with individual skill talent, but there's more than enough there, I feel like, to design a coherent offense. Yeah. Way, way better than we saw in 2022. And while it's just, like, frustrating to see Bill Belichick, like, once again hire, like, someone who hashtag knows the system, uh, he knows the system pretty well, and he's coming mm-hmm. from a place where I, I have to assume Bill O'Brien learned a thing or two. Yeah, uh, well, I, I have a quote to that effect uh, from – MassLive.com, which had the piece on Mac Jones being pleased with the O'Brien hire. Here's what Bill O'Brien said recently about his time at Alabama's offensive coordinator. So he said, uh, he's talking about the challenges of, of coming back to the pros. He said, that was the most challenging thing because I had been involved with an offense for 10 to 15 years, whatever it was, a similar offense. But when you come here, you're running Alabama's offense. You're not bringing your offense in here. And it's a great offense with a great history. And it was really awesome to learn it and very challenging. So I, I think that that's, that says that Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien had learned some new tricks, which could be good for Mac Jones in the uh, New England offense. And circling back on Bill O'Brien, he was not the offensive coordinator in 2010 when they scored um, 518 points. But he was the offensive coordinator in 2011 when they scored 513 points. And the Patriots in 2012 scored 557 points. My goodness. They just rampaged those three years after Tom Brady actually got his ACL healthy. Seems like um, a lot it, of points. So it's a frustrating hire in some respects where he didn't at all think outside the box. But no. if he was going to stay inside the box, this was probably the best case outcome. Right. And I do I do think, like I said, I think Mac Jones, Mac Jones is very limited as to what he can do. Like they're – they're not going to be able to get anything out of him that we have not seen already. That that that's at least my belief after looking at some some of these numbers from his first two seasons. I think a return to his rookie year is probably in the cards. Something something along those lines, and that would be fine. That would, that be, would fine. be fine. But they, it, they they do need more than that. But right, and and so I I don't think that Mac Jones is a long term uh, solution here. I know that that there was a, a little chatter about. I know Peter King mentioned the Patriots as a possible destination for Aaron Rodgers. I know we'll get into that in for, for a second, but um, 
I guess that would shock me because it doesn't seem like a Belichickian move, but it would also not surprise me a whole lot because Mac Jones uh, is is not the guy. I don't think so far. Mac Jones has basically been Derek Carr with more tripping. I feel like uh, yeah, way way more tripping. The guy the guy loves to trip. <laughs> he loves a good trip. It's kind of a signature move. I feel like. He needs a better signature move as a quarterback than tripping. Right. <laughs> right. You, would, you would think that it wouldn't even be a top three move. It's, yeah, his, it's, yeah. his, only, it's his only move. It's I mean, Tom Brady, it's only his eighth or ninth signature move is tripping people. Right. No, they must They, they must teach it. Uh, they, among, I think they actually probably do. Quarterbacks, like, you. this is how you slide tackle a guy. I've had so many disgraceful slide tackle attempts from Mac Jones and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, that could have been his last game, and one of those last acts yeah. of the quarterbacks is coming into the vicious slide. Oh, j- just feebly, just <laughs> like an old man falling down and trying to kick someone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, and Mac Jones, getting back to Mac Jones for a second, he's limited in all this stuff. He's also the dirtiest player in the NFL. Yeah, he really is. It's weird. He's got Grayson Allen levels mm-hmm. of dirtiness. And oh, yeah. like you come at the at the rim and Grayson Allen or Mac Jones is there, he's coming up behind you, just Get ready for the flagrant two, and they might only call it a flagrant one. Um, get ready for the flagrant. And you know, two. you know what's so aggravating about guys who are who are so good at, at executing dirty plays is that they never put themselves in position to get hit in a way that the other no. team would love to hit them. Right? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, like they they're very careful. Like Grayson Allen's very careful about not you know not charging the into the lane with the three biggest guys on the other team yeah. waiting for him. Mac Jones. On, a, on an interception and a return, he's running for his life. You know, sure. I mean, he's no, no, I know, I know you want to punish me, I'm not letting you do it. Yeah, Grayson Allen would no longer have teeth if he did that. <laughs> Bill O'Brien, yeah, you got to add something, you got to add something else to the repertoire other than tripping for Mac Jones. Uh, you mentioned Peter King. NBC's Peter King reports the Packers would want, quote, at least two first round picks in a trade for Aaron Rodgers, Denny. Is that really a justifiable or even attainable? price point at this point because Aaron Rodgers entered his irreversible decline phase. Just give us a little bit further breakdown of that report from Peter King. There was a lot of nuggets in there. And it's kind of your, your thoughts on where Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is at at this point in his career. I mean, you know, uh, Adam Schefter said last week that uh, Rodgers leaving green Bay is likely. Uh, or, it seems like uh, the skids are being greased for that. I mean, yeah, and, and uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, you know, is really subtle. But his last game at Lambeau Field, you know, he gave a few little nods to it. It was not subtle at all. He basically, I mean, was like walking around the field, like, like overtly telegraphing to everyone in the stadium, "This is my last game here." Right. I mean, it, he looked like Cal Ripken circling. He really, he really uh, did yards after his last game. So yeah, it was the first time I'd ever seen him happy after a loss, too. Which I, I know. Was, yeah, he was like, "I'm finally out of here, man." I know. I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, first, <laughs> I would say, Aaron, in your advanced age, you might want to go somewhere warm. I mean, go to a dome, please. please. Why does everyone always go to Denver? Peyton Manning pioneered the worst trend in history. Yeah. Being like 37. Like, I'm going to go to Denver. Everybody should retire to the Dolphins. That That's that's what should happen. And you can retire to Denver, but you retire to like a McMansion cabin. Um, you don't retire to playing outdoor football. No, right. Yeah. Unless the Broncos finally do the right thing and build a dome. No, but, uh, just get out of here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that, that this is a possibility with the Jets because – Aaron Rodgers would be such an enormous upgrade. It's a shame, but over what they have now. And I would have been Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers this year. Yes. They have a really good core of players. They have a lot of defensive talent. 
Okay, even their special teams is good. They have Garrett Wilson, who's an emerging alpha. They have Elijah Moore, who's under underutilized, but we we know what he can do with proper usage. And I think that he he could he could get back there. Brees Hall, Michael Carter. I know you don't like Michael Carter, but I'm going to throw him in there. Yeah, he's bad. It's unfortunate. <laughs> but I mean, they they have a they have a lot of talent. Maybe a little bit of an upgraded offensive line would be in order to keep Rodgers, you know, upright. But uh, you know, they don't have a viable starter. Mike White's not a viable starter. No. Zach Wilson, they so the question becomes, are the Jets going to waste another season on Zach Wilson? Or they're not. Maybe are they going to pull the plug? I think you have to pull the plug. They're going to pull the plug for sure. I think. I mean, I, they've basically. I mean, they're they're having it both ways. The classic way where they're like, oh no, we're we're committed to Zach Wilson. And the next question was, uh, well, are any other quarterbacks going to come in? They're like, well, I mean, yeah, but. Uh, believe it we're committed to zach wilson though yeah where they're they're doing the classic talking out of both sides of their mouth yeah um, we yes we're totally committed to zach wilson and we're going to bring in his replacement yeah, exactly so that, that is messaging uh, the jets probably you're going to talk about some other teams now but I, I would say the jets are probably the odds on favorite for a variety of reasons just like well unless he doesn't want to go there which he very yeah. strong chance he might not want to so uh i do i do have some, some numbers to suggest that rogers fell off pretty dramatically. And and I, I don't really know how much to contribute to the loss of Devonte Adams, who was basically the entire offense um, during, you know, the, the previous three seasons really, but uh, just looking at Rogers performance, his pro football focus passing grade was the third lowest of his career in 2022. His adjusted yards per attempt was the second lowest of his career. And his touchdown rate was the fourth lowest of his career even just last year with, with, with Devonte Adams. Okay. With, in 2021, uh, Rogers was second in completion rate over expected that fell all the way to 16th, right in the middle of the league in 2022. Um, his, you know, metrics that he's excelled in for a long time. And, and I know, you know, this like adjusted EPA per play, like he's an EPA machine, right. Uh, fell off, you know, dramatically in 2022, all the way to 21st around the, and I, I, I hate to say this, Pat, but it's around the Andy Dalton region of the NBA. Yeah, that's that's a libel lawsuit waiting to happen. I, He's a very litigious person, too. I am only reporting the numbers. Okay, I'm. This is no no editorializing on my part. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is willing to take that one to court too. He won't settle. <laughs> well, I'm scared. He will not settle that lawsuit. It's going all the <laughs> way. And so you better be prepared to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Hopefully, you can find some really nice pro bono representation. Oh, I'm sure I can. Willing to lose six to three, um, your case <laughs> before the Supreme Court. And Aaron Rodgers. I mean, last year is weird because the variable was so huge. I mean the. Yeah. The aging variable is probably still the biggest variable. I mean, the other variable, not only were they losing Devontae Adams, they were then just going to like whole scale, new young faces and not like people who just like didn't like Aaron Rodgers. I think sometimes embarrassed them more than they needed to be shocker to Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs just for a while didn't appear to have any idea how to play receiver in the NFL. Like that will, uh, you know, very much hurt your EPA numbers. Right. And like your best and like, too many games around Lazard, who's really a number three or a number four, was the number yeah. one. That's yeah. going to hurt your EPA. So it's, I don't know if like, I mean, aging cliff exists. I don't know if you go from back to back MVP. I guess that has happened. It kind of happened with Peyton Manning, kind of happened with Brett Favre, going from MVP form to like the Dalton zone. But 
I still thought physically it looked like he had plenty left in the tank. Me too. With, with the strong exception of uh, he was getting hurt like more than ever. Uh, he was playing through like a million injuries, which only increases as you get older. Um, but I, I would be willing to gamble on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if I'm willing to gamble two first-round picks, though. That's a guy, lot. For a guy who's year to year at this point, I think you need to talk him down to like a first and a third or something. That's like a lot more reasonable. And I don't think anyone trade two first-round picks. I mean, they did for Stafford, but he was like, what, 33? Yeah, no. I mean, Rodgers is way up there. Yeah, he's almost and, 40 years old. And yeah, and I, I mean, I would think that a team could, could point to 2022 and say, hey, like – we're not giving you two first round picks for that. So yeah. let's, he let's, doesn't have a reasonable. Yeah. Uh, Peter King mentions, like you said, the Patriots. He mentions the Raiders. He mentions the Seahawks, which would be a pretty interesting one. I, I don't know if the world view of Pete Carroll and Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers would be aligned enough. Um, they both kind of believe in conspiracy theories. I mean, Pete Carroll, fam- it's only one conspiracy theory with Pete Carroll that we know of. We don't need to mention it on air. Aaron Rodgers believes many more of them. It seems like, yeah, but and and uh, he always has a they are very, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, they're very different. T- I I don't know if Rodgers too. I, I don't think at this point he's not going to go sign up for the Belichick thing. Like, oh, it sounds ho- That sounds awful. That sounds like, like a, a marriage made in hell. This guy has gotten used to going on like Joe Rogan. He's not going to go like. Guess what? You can't. You can't tweet now. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, what? <laughs> like, I'm, one like nine MVPs. I'm forty. I'm gonna tweet. Like, no, you can't tweet. No, no right. Um, so I doubt he's doing the Patriots thing, and the Raiders things, of course, can be Tom Brady, and it's gonna be a massive, massive failure. So that leaves the Jets. We'll just see what happens. We'll see what happens with the show when we return right after this. Just a reminder: if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen on the PGA Tour as well as in college basketball and the NFL playoffs. That includes a shot at $100,000 on conference championship Sunday if you enter our Sunday night seven contest. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Then we'll change gears a little bit. We're going to get back in like the click zone soon, mentioning big names. This guy's a big name in fantasy, though. Um, you told me it's time to have the conversation the one that every parent's dread. Yeah. Uh, where you explain to your children that Gabe Davis is bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Danny, you have come to the conclusion that Gabe Davis is bad. I take it. Um, uh, I take, listen, I am pro Gabe Davis as a player and I take no pleasure in saying this, but after an exhaustive search through his peripheral stats, and not so peripheral stats from 2022, it is apparent that Gabe Davis is not good. 
uh, and I, 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 I swear it was the ankle. I swear. I, I tried. I tried with the ankle thing, but there's really no indication that the ankle lasted into this December and January, and the the, the the performance stayed the same. So if I can amuse you with some numbers real quick, um, so Gabe Davis in uh, one of the most potent passing attacks in the league, forty uh, sixth in yards per route run among wide receivers around the Corey Davis zone. How bad is it that I was, I, that sounded high to me. I was worried it was going to be like a lot lower. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not AJ green quite, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's far down, but, I, but I also do think that you need to, you know, we need to remember what kind of offense he's in, you know, like he's not in a bad offense. He's in a really good offense, a really efficient offense. Um, he ran the fifth most pass routes among all wide receivers this year, basically like close as close to a 100% route rate as you can get. Not, not just for an elite uh, guy for anyone. Okay. So um, he, you know, he had that going for him, which was nice. And we, and we kind of projected that and said, well, if that happens, then he's, he's going to go off or, or at least be fine. He wasn't, he was targeted on less than 16% of his pass routes. That is, just horribly low that's in like i'm I'm just trying to give some context here that's in the diami brown chase claypool range uh and uh you know he's out there running wind sprints he's running wind sprints as the wide receiver too for the buffalo bills so i was wrong you know i was drafting him everywhere in you know third or fourth round of of leagues and i felt i felt pretty good about i knew that the the price was a little high but i said you know i don't care i'm i i believe that with a full route rate he will be able to produce and i was dead wrong and i think that we need to move on from him at with the thought that he's going to be a wide receiver two in fantasy yeah he should probably be more of a wide receiver three or four for the bills which we saw manifest itself i mean not just in his statistics but in their offensive performance i mean too often down the stretch, they just had no plan B after Josh Allen either doing something crazy or throwing to Stefan Diggs. Like to the point where they're you know, they're involving like young role players like Kalia, Kalia Shakir, uh, trying to get Isaiah McKenzie involved. I mean, guys off the street like John mm-hmm. Brown and Cole Beasley, just very, 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 very bad. Very, very bad. And it's all because the number two receiver didn't pan out. And you know, there were people, very smart people in the summer who were, were truthing Gabe Davis and I was willing to entertain the possibility that maybe he was like a poor man's Mike Williams. Like I just still thought that would be amazing in fantasy. And we had already seen the demonstrated upside of what a poor man's Mike Williams could do in this bills offense. I do think the ankle, I don't think the ankle was physically affecting him by the end of the season. I do think that it totally derailed his momentum. And it was part maybe one of the reasons the bills offense never got into full rhythm just because from the literal first game of the season, their number two receiver, was just like not healthy, and then that like has cascading effects. I mean, and then he got healthy. Yeah, but like, I don't know, yeah, there and, other problems but, left in its wake. I know, I know. This is a, a little bit of hindsight analysis, but you know, what are we going to do in in uh, January? Uh, Gabe Davis coming into the season was appealing for, for several reasons, but if you wanted to look at it numbers wise, yards per route run is a very sticky stat. Okay, it it, it really tells you which guys are efficient and which guys are not. For instance, Tyreek Hill had a very solid yards per route run with Alex Smith, not just with Patrick Mahomes. So this said to me and, and to others that Tyreek Hill could still succeed outside of the Kansas, outside of Mahomes. He could do it with two. And he did. 
Well, Gabe Davis was right behind Tyreek Hill in 2021 with a uh, with, in yards per route run, and he was 13th oh. overall, 13th among all receivers that season. And 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 that was a a, a, a very uh, like truncated usage, like like uh, you know, kind of a specialist almost uh, in the way he was used in in the Bills' offense. So you if you know the the, the key was projecting him for a full workload. He got it. It didn't work, and I, I I can't say that it was all the ankle, although it didn't help. No, it was de- the ankle was definitely excuse making by me. And with Gabe, I was just most compelled by every time he got a chance, he went nuts. Like he forced his way onto the field as a fourth round rookie. Yeah, like he forced them to finally stop using Emmanuel Sanders, and then he was amazing in Emmanuel Sanders' place. So I was just like, this guy is just crying out for a bigger role, but maybe it just turns out he's best utilized as a role player. Yeah. I think so. Um, it's quite sad. I mean, we, we, I should say we should watch for like Gabe Davis is having off season ankle surgery. Like he was playing with a like torn up ankle the whole season. That with changed, a hernia the whole year. Yeah. That, 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 that does change the calculus a little bit. So we'll watch for that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Gabe Davis, it'd be the classic. Oh yeah. He had a sports hernia the whole season. Yeah. yeah right. That kind of stuff happens all the right. time. In the NFL. So, yeah, that's what it was. Clearly, he's had an unknown injury that they never announced, and that's why he was bad. Um, it's really pretty simple. He's still amazing. So, yeah, no, Gabe, uh, hopefully you at least get healthy heading yes. into 2023. Denise, so far the Ravens are interviewing Rams, quarterbacks, coach, slash passing game quarters coordinator, mm-hmm. Zach Robinson, Seahawks quarterbacks coach Dave Canales. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm sorry, Dave. Maybe no. Dave, I know, Dave you know you're my guy, though. Um, even though I have no idea how to say your name. Uh, Browns wide receiver coach Chad O'Shea and their own quarterbacks coach yeah. James Urban for their offensive coordinator vacancy, Denny. I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans would just be thrilled to hear if they went with continuity from the Greg Roman system. With James Urban. Right. So, yeah, what kind yeah. of hire should the Ravens be prioritizing as they look to get Lamar Jackson back on track after a season that just kind of didn't live up to expectations because of personnel issues and injury issues? This offense has not been all that efficient since the unbelievably efficient 2019 with, and with Greg Roman coaching Lamar Jackson for his first full season as starter. And I think that they've reached – and they probably did a while ago, they've reached the the limit to how far this sort of offense can go. Uh, and by this sort of offense, I mean one that invests nothing in wide receivers, uh, that runs the ball a lot, that uses Lamar Jackson as a rusher a lot, right? Like th- this, this is a playoff formula, I think, if Lamar stays healthy. Obviously, it, it, I guess it can be if even if he doesn't. But it's I don't think it's a championship formula, and I think that the Ravens may may realize this. I mean, John Harbaugh's a very, very bright, very sharp guy. I don't think that he's going to keep slamming his head against the wall year after year after year with the same system failing in the same ways as it did uh, this season, even when Lamar was was healthy. So I, I think what we're going to see is hopefully, you know, a, a coach come in a quarterback centric coach, you know, they are, like you said, interviewing their own quarterbacks coach for this role uh, to uh, make this maybe something more of a traditional NFL offense. And Lamar Jackson on Twitter, I think last week um, signaled that he's very much willing, ready and willing to do the traditional quarterback thing. Uh, And, and I, I think that that's, that's what it, what it will take 
for him and the Ravens to take that next step. Yeah, I mean, and it's the same thing happened with Greg Roman in San Francisco with Jim Harbaugh, where the offense came out like people couldn't yes. stop it for like oh. a year or two. And yeah. And it just got very, very predictable. And again, people started to blame it on the quarterback and Colin Kaepernick. But I mean, same thing happened in Buffalo with Greg Roman, where he was for two years. Like, it's a system that does work well for because I mean, it's just the kind of system modern NFL defenses aren't used to defensing. You know, so you they really it's like take people by surprise. But only to a point we saw even in the 2019 playoffs, then the Titans like figured it out. And yeah, shocker, you can only go so far if you have no wide receivers. Right. And, they right. went shockingly far. I mean, they almost beat the Bengals in the wild card round, despite having zero receivers and yeah, on their back of quarterback. There's like a high floor to this offense. It was the same deal in San Francisco. Like, like they they always remain like more productive than they should have. But uh, yeah, they, they gotta they've gotta right. let Lamar loose. So yeah. so uh, um, I think back to that uh, Titans playoff loss that the Ravens had. Uh, I want to say after the 2020 season perhaps. Um, and uh, they, they were favorites. Uh, the Titans got up early and the Ravens just had no mechanism for coming back. And that, that, that's not a, that wasn't a new thing. Like that was 2019. Knew. They lost the playoff. No, they won a playoff game in 2020. I don't, I don't know why I'm litigating this now. Uh, anyway, they, they lost to Tennessee in a way that that was very predictable. Which yeah, that, that was in 2019. That was when they were in the number one seed, right, and they right. lost in the divisional round. Yeah. Oh, then the next year they beat the Titans 20 to 13. Then they got uh, kind of like pythoned by the Bills in the divisional round. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I I I think that they they do they do need to find yeah you know, hire someone who is willing to move on from the roman model which was stale a little bit predictable and like you like you said has a nice floor but all, almost no ceiling i wish i knew more about history so i could be like yeah you know who else wanted to move on from the roman model was so and so in the year 300 <laughs> yeah, am i right, right? Uh, <laughs> the vandals the, the conqueror no, the, the van, I'm just going to say the Vandals. Um, I can't mm-hmm. remember who the Vandals are supposed to be in history. Uh, they were I, know, I, 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 I do wish that I was more uh, prepared for that. The Vandals were a Germanic people who first inhabited what is now southern Poland. Yeah, I don't think they were under the yoke of the Romans. <laughs> um, no, they were. Man, everyone was under the yoke of the Romans. Well, they, yeah, they, tell, you, yeah. tell you one who wanted to move on from the Roman system, Denny, it was the Vandals. <laughs> Uh, bang you the, the folks know what we're talking about yeah they do uh real closing thought on this with uh lamar jackson and like receivers and greg roman there's a robert griffin the third who works for espn he occasionally is a, a takesman and has some bad takes but he has some good takes too and he played for greg roman and the ravens for several seasons and he was adamant to like the receiver stuff, the lack of passing game stuff, like isn't Lamar, that it was Greg Roman, and it's just the system. And he said receivers didn't want to play in the system and it had nothing to do with Lamar Jackson, and it was Greg Roman. because so they know that like Isaiah Likely and like Nick Boyle will get fed as number two tight ends, but, like the receivers just won't be involved. And RG3 is pretty adamant that, you know, they got to get away from the Roman system. Yeah. Just like the, the Vandals did. Just like the Vandals. 1800 ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I, I, I do want to say just quickly, if they don't get away from this Roman system, we got to stop talking about Ravens wide receivers. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, there's no point in even. Just. Yeah. No more Devin Duvernay. Just don't, no. don't do that. 
Yeah, we just leave them out of the draft guide entirely. Do not rank <laughs> any Ravens. We have a very tense phone call. We're like Kyle and Crane. We're like, well, I mean, we still need to rank them. Like, still right. need to project them, right? I mean, no. No, absolutely no, not. not we're, we're projecting Bateman for zero catches. Yeah, yeah. This, those, those names, they don't even go in this magazine, right? <laughs> and you can resign if you feel that strongly about it. <laughs> and then they do. And we have to do all the work. Oh, uh, well. But it, it was worth it. It would be yeah, worth it. It was worth it. It would be worth it to prove that point. Prove it. We'll be right back after this. Download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Danny, we end the show, apparently. I wish I had another topic after this one. But uh, we end the show. We're going to make this one last. I'm sure we probably will, actually. Talking about the man known as T-Law to the Zoomers out there, Trevor Lawrence. He helped guide the Jaguars to the divisional round, but was highly uneven along the way, if we're being honest. That includes in the wildcard round where he threw four first-half interceptions, including one on the very first throw in the game, very first throw of the game. Although Trevor Lawrence has inarguably gotten his career back on the right track and is clearly going to be like an above-average NFL quarterback, one who – science a second contract with the Jaguars. Just like how back on the right track are we talking? Uh, what do the numbers say about Trevor Lawrence and his uh, very impressive second year progress? Seventh in completion rate over expected uh, this season, which, you know, is a big improvement over his, his rookie campaign. I, I think that the, the inconsistencies stemmed primarily from Doug Peterson's kind of wishy-washy commitment to the pass. Uh, and yeah. and I, I'm not questioning Doug Peterson because he, I, Lord knows, he watches the, the tape, okay? Like, he he gets it, and, I, and I've never watched a game. But I will say that that there were times, there were spans during the season, we talked, we talked about it on the show several times, like where the Jags were clearly uh, dead set on establishing it on running in situations where it was clear they, they could have and should have passed. And when Lawrence was let off his leash a little bit, I mean, he, he went ballistic a few, a few times. He did go genuinely nuts a few times. I, I, and I understand that he also had, you know, some hiccups along the way, uh, made some, some curious throws. I know that he, you know, that, that the injury he, he had, I think maybe, maybe affected him a little bit that the, I guess it ended up being a toe injury, even though it did not look like a toe injury. A yeah. Bit. And I kept, I kept listening. It was questionable even like seven weeks after the fact Like I'm pretty sure he's going to play in the divisional round guys. Right. Right. So uh, I, I, I don't think that helped. 
but I think that there there was enough shown this year to say, okay, like he's a long he's a long term solution. I don't I don't I still don't know if anyone can say he's absolutely an elite long term solution. Yeah, it was just weird because there were a few times where he's like made like pretty bad throw. I mean, every quarterback makes bad throws, but he missed a few like throws. I mean, infamously that one touchdown pass against who do they even play in the wild card round the chargers, chargers yeah. and where i was like oh wow it's one of the worst throws i've seen from a quarterback all season and he he did have some brain melters like that one um it's that you don't usually see elite quarterbacks ever make but yeah, it's oh man you look at the stats and even and you look at the film it's like, yeah, yeah he's a uh, pretty great season <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, kind of no matter how you slice it. But, and if you want to know, like, like from a, from a film perspective, how, you know, how he was a pro football focus this year graded him as the 14th best, uh, with the 14th, 14th best passing grade. That was, it sounds about right. It was way up from Pat from 33rd in his rookie season. So that, you know, that's, that's significant. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I think that his mobility is is something to latch on to. I think going into next year, he should be drafted as a, as a starter in twelve team leagues. Um, but I mean, I would love to see Jacksonville commit to like a pass first. They need to system with him as the centerpiece. I think the time for hiding him and like making things easier for Trevor Lawrence, I think that's over and. I hope I hope we see we see more of him being able to cook uh, in 2023. Yeah, it's the next obvious next step, and it's always like the final step for like a true franchise quarterback when you allow them to cook. Now, like, very few guys actually get there, but he looks like someone who deserves the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, another thing for the Jags, I don't understand why Trevor. Uh, I'm sorry, Travis Etienne is not involved in the passing offense. No, it makes absolutely no sense. I, I, he's, why he was dra- I mean, it was Urban Meyer, but that's why he was drafted, was to be part of the passing attack. Urban Meyer was like, yeah, he's a pass catcher. I guess he'll also play some running back. Yeah. Or was it the other way around? I forget, Whatever he said. No, no, yeah, it was No, it was that. They were going to basically use him as a receiver. It was after he was sad that they didn't get Kadarius Tony. Uh, <laughs> So, hey, by the way, Herb vindicated on that one. Yeah, right. Well, he looks amazing on the 18 routes he's allowed to run per game. One thing I know for sure is that Kadarius Tony would not have clashed at all with Herb. <laughs> no, no, they would have been a great personality <laughs> fit uh, together. They would have fit really well. I think. So Trevor Lawrence, I'll just ask you a few either either ors like we do during okay. the season with the rankings. For the next, I'm gonna I'm gonna vary the the year uh, outlook. For the next three years, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Lamar Jackson? Lamar. Yeah, I think it's still pretty clearly Lamar. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, for the next 10, I guess maybe I'd rather have, well, he's a lot younger than Lamar Jackson, so that kind of settles that one. Is but, he? How, well, I'm looking at Lamar's age. He's like two or three years younger, which is a lot in quarterback years. He's, okay, so he just turned 26, Lamar Jackson. Wow, it's still pretty young. But yeah, the next three years, I would still rather have Lamar Jackson yeah, than Trevor Lawrence, just because uh, we've we've seen dem- higher upside already demonstrated, and it seems like there's a few minor tweaks they could do to get Lamar back to his MVP form. Next, uh, let's say next two years, Trevor Lawrence or Dak Dak Prescott, Dakota Prescott, uh, Lawrence. 
I think I'm still going Dak, but the problem is I just wish the Cowboys like would have different leadership, and they're not going to. Um, I really think Dak is better than this, and like, uh, well, I think he makes bad some bad decisions, but like, I just think that he seems like a very, very like savvy quarterback to me, which is why I was kind of so surprised because he just seems like the kind of quarterback that doesn't make those kind of mistakes, but then he just kept making them the final few games of the well, season. Well, I do think that the expectations for Dak are just outrageously high, and that's because he's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. You know, he's he's not like like you know his background is would not suggest an elite quarterback. Okay, like his his draft, uh, you know where where he was drafted. Like, uh, you know, his peripheral numbers over the years, like that he's not, he's not going to be Mahomes ever, ever, not even close. Right. No. Um, I think he's more like Derek Carr than, than, than Mahomes. I think he's better than that. I will also say uh, getting back to like injury excuse land, he just has not quite been the same since his 2020 leg injury, which kind of cascaded into a few other lower body issues. Like his stats are really good last yeah. year in 2021, of course. But I feel he hasn't quite been the same. I think since that leg he injury. was he was lighting the league on fire before that leg injury. Yeah, man, was he ever? Yeah, man, that was a real shame. That was one of the more exciting month, you know, month uh, of of quarterback play that I've that I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, he, it was. He, he was. I mean, on the ground, through the air, just just roasting defenses in every way. It was because they had no defense, of course. The that Dallas helped. Cowboys. I, I enjoyed help. when the Cowboys were bad at, on defense. For 2023 only, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Kirk Cousins? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, while I, I'm on the record as saying Kirk Cousins has zero dog in him. <laughs> and Lawrence has Lawrence has a good amount of dog. Not, Lawrence, not has, Lawrence has dog in him, actually. Not, not crazy dog, but, you know, enough. enough He's to got enough dog. dog. Yeah, he really does. Ah, uh, I, I, okay. I'll I'll lean just slightly. I'll lean Lawrence. I think I'll lean Lawrence too for twenty two. I'm I'm ready to. Move. Kirk Cousins, in addition to dog, just no dog has no ceiling. Like we, like how many times are we gonna see him like hit up against this ceiling? Like he doesn't have a career ceiling. He no, he doesn't. Play. No, we, well his ceiling is the money he gets paid his salary. That's true. So that that yeah. he's hit that ceiling. The ceiling is of course yes financial you, fraud. You gotta you gotta respect it. Uh, for the next 10 years, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? Uh, Herbert. Yeah, I'll still go Herbert. Although I do think this could be an area where dog is a differentiating factor. <laughs> I think Trevor Lawrence has much higher dog. Really? Justin Herbert, I do. Justin Herbert's very tough. He's very, very, very tough. Oh, I, th- I, think, I think Herbert's a dog. I don't know. If, he's I, tough. I don't know if he's a dog, though. Like, Trevor Lawrence is like he's like angry. He's like the kind of guy where he's like clearly angry when he's losing, and like he's like always like doing crazy stuff on the field. He's like trying to make too many plays, whereas like Justin Herbert doesn't try to make enough plays. I feel really. Like. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I, I disagree there. I I, I mean Her- Herbert. Has, I'd rather have Herbert, by the way, too. Yeah, uh, Herbert, just the physical skills are just too on. He's generational talent. Like, yeah, like he's generational like, physically. Yeah. Yes, he's a he's like a robot. He's a quarterback he would build in the lab. Okay. Mm. I mean, I guess Lawrence is too. But I, I, the one thing I do question with Lawrence, and I and I and I have for a couple years now, I, is the arm strength. I I don't see a guy who can you know just zip a ball into double coverage. 
who can like really rip one downfield down the sideline. I, I think that there are real questions about, about his arm strength and, and there's no question about Justin Herbert's. Yeah. Lawrence doesn't have like a top quartile arm, but I say he'll always be like a top, like 11 or 12 arm, which I think is good. Enough. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that. This last one's way too easy. I was just say the next three years of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but I guess we probably have to give it to Lawrence, don't we? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's actually probably not open and shut. Um, I, I mean, I I love Justin Fields in a uh, with with a with a decent offensive line and and okay pass catchers. So I, I actually don't even know if you can make the comparison because Fields is surrounded by s- such a terrible team. Yeah, it's actually that is not enough information. Kyler Murray or Trevor Lawrence for the next three years? Lawrence. Lawrence. I think, man, I think Kyler is still. That was too short. Too short. Oh, come on, <laughs> Kyler is still. I love Kyler's physical skills so much, and he's got dog levels. It's kind of like the wrong kind of dog levels where he's just oh, like no, very no. angry. It's a. It's not the, the vibes are not good with Kyler. Not good vibes, but. I mean, his physical like traits are still just so unbelievable, and I, his competitiveness is just so unbelievable. But yeah. now he's got the ACL, so maybe he'll never be the same. But yeah, no, that that is yes, that's actually what I was thinking too. Is I, mean, I, I, I would for, still rather take Kyler Murray, and I could this could sound just one of those mobile, things. Wait a second, for a mobile quarterback to have a catastrophic knee injury, and this was not just a regular old run of the mill ACL. This was this was this was more serious than that. So he's supposed to come back and do all that crazy running around yeah. that he does with yeah, a bu- with a busted knee. No. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that'd be really hard. I guess hey, I, he's gonna he's gonna need to grow at least four inches. Oh, so, man, so. producer Adam, by the way, says Kyler's problem is misplaced dog levels. Um, oh, okay, he's barking at the wrong stuff, Adam. Yeah, says. he's like his like his coaches and teammates. He, he does a lot, a lot of barking. It's true. Which, I mean, you can do it. It wears thin even when it's Tom Brady. Like this year, people are kind of like, all right, man. Like uh, maybe you can stop sucking next. Right. Uh, so, like, uh, yeah. I only, I only saw Tom Brady doing two things this, this season. Uh, screaming at his teammates or sitting alone on the bench. He was alone on the bench a lot. You know, and that to me uh, is not good. I, I, would, I would like to see my quarterback occasionally – Exchange a nice word with his teammate. <laughs> it's weird because I, he is clearly like genuinely mellowed off the field. I would say I don't think it's like all an act. Like what he's doing on Twitter, like I think he's definitely oh. like mellowed a bit off the field. Stop! No, I, I, no, I'm I'm serious. That's it's all an act. You're, not, you're he's falling. Not, he's not that good of an actor. None of these guys are that good of an actor. He's a football robot. They, but they they have teams of people who yeah, are who are micromanaging their every facial movement. Okay, like. If, and his if, team was like, where's my dog, SBF? Oh, he's going to jail. <laughs> uh, what can you do? Uh, with He's going to jail with all my money. Yeah, yeah I know. That's uh, why Tom Brady is happy to announce he's signing a five-year contract with the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Um, <laughs> he's, he signed through his age 57 season yeah, with yeah. the Raiders. Tom Brady did preemptively sign a 10-year contract with Fox. I think he had to shore up the SBF money. And he, but he, Fox paid them all in crypto. So they did. That is going to be, that's going to be tough for him. By the way, SBF's innocent until proven guilty. We must say, don't sue us. <laughs> please, God, please, please don't. <laughs> and uh, please stop listening to the show because it's over. And we'll keep the news updated all week. Denny's going to be previewing the conference championship round. Like he has the first two rounds, a must read article. We'll be previewing the show on podcast form on Thursday with myself, Kyle Dvorak, Denny. 
and special guest Rich Rebar. Uh, thank you so much for listening. For Denny, I'm Pat. We will be back later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.